Welcome to Transformation, the untold stories of motherhood, the podcast that helps you find community and support, because no one should have to go through it alone. I am your host, Sarah Philibaum. We're so glad that you're here. Trigger warning. This podcast is intended for mature listeners. We discuss mature themes surrounding pregnancy, childbirth, parenting, relationships, and mental health, which may be triggering for some and is not suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, but like, how are you really? (laughs) I'm actually really good. Hey, that's, that's really great because I know that we both have had past conversations where that has not always been the case. That is correct. So that makes me really happy to hear that. Yeah. So I had neurosurgery in April and this is the best that I have been in almost five years. So like, I am really good. For the first time, I can say that and mean it. Oh my God. Amazing. That's, that's yeah. so, so great. Yeah. Um, so my, how are you really? Okay. Oh, you're turning it around on me. I love it. Um, <laughs> I am do, I am the queen of trying to do too many things all at the same time. And then I get overwhelmed. I get burnt out very easily. And then I end up having a mental breakdown at least once a month because I do it to myself because it's really hard for me to say no to people. And I want to be everywhere doing everything. And I've learned the hard way at least 200 times that that's just not possible. So (laughs) you're right, but you're living your life and go back to the very first part of that. You said you are the queen and you are the queen because you have to be. And sometimes it's queen B, but you're the queen. Uh, thank you thank you um all right my child is a little bit sick today she's got a slight fever she is upstairs taking a nap right now so friends I have absolutely no idea how much time we have to record this episode but we are it's called making it work so today we have a mama of three she was a single mom for a long time now she is a stepmom welcome to the podcast Leslie Mosher hello everybody um would you start off like tell us about your children so I have three and then you know one adopted TJ who you know and Mm -hmm. you know one of mine um I have an 18 year old crazy um and Bailey is his name and he is just joined the workforce for the first time so he's got his grown-up pants on now and it's been kind of fun to see that transition it was a hard transition for him because reality hit real quick, like, but it's, it's been successful for him. And then a 16 year old with a car, Cora, and uh, who, you know, he's done shows with her and then an almost 15 year old Nolan. And he is like him and Cora together. I can't take them anywhere. Every time I go to the store, I'm like, I call my husband. I'm like, why did you let me take them together in public? (laughs) Like there are things being thrown over the aisles at each other. And, you know, it's fun sometimes, but it's crazy too. (laughs) You never know what to expect. Or sometimes they're perfect angels and like nothing happens. And I'm just waiting for that moment. 
that it's going to happen. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I feel like you're you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yep. Always. Did you did you always want to be a mom? Like, did you ever question motherhood? Is that something that you always wanted or weren't sure? So I don't remember like being younger, you know, in high school, whatever. They always you know, ask you what you want to be. Even when you're little and you're drawing like fireman pictures or ballerina. Mine was always like I couldn't wait to be a mom. Always. And I can't think of like something else I really wanted to do so much to where I just went to vocational school to do hair because I just really wanted to be a mom. How, like, how was your pregnancy and childbirth journey with Cora? Okay. So, um, the boys are obviously my stepsons, And then with Cora, it was amazing and wonderful. But before that, I had several miscarriages Mm. and, you know, like two of them were later on. So I feel like those were harder because I started to get, you know, after the initial first one, but then uh, I started to get more hopeful that I wouldn't have a miscarriage and, you know, carrying it longer. And I had a really rough start to being a mom. And that was hard on me for many reasons, of course, losing your babies, but also like, that's the one thing in life that I couldn't wait to be. And I could not understand, you know, why that was happening. So I had several miscarriages before her. They found out, you know, the reason why, and then I have her and I always wanted more children, but it wasn't in the cards for me. And I was okay with that because, you know, you don't know what your future holds, but now I have two boys. And I didn't have to go through childbirth, you know, but I have two boys that, you know, they're, they, they say bonus mom or they say, you know, whatever, but we don't do the whole step thing. So they're just my boys and I love them. And I came into their life when they were really young and I have a really good relationship with their mom. In fact, my husband rolls his eyes a lot. Like last week, um, our youngest Nolan and Cora and their mom and I went to the gym together And so, you know, like, uh, my pregnancy was easy with Cora, but not, not for failure before that, not for tough times before that. And so sometimes like you just have to put, you know, your faith elsewhere and just know that at the right time, the right thing will come along. And I'm very thankful for that because she's wonderful. And I have two boys that, you know, I got out of, uh, this relationship and, even though I wanted more kids, I didn't have them and I got them anyways. Right. Yeah. It's so weird. Life always has a way of working out, but I feel like sometimes in very unexpected ways. Uh, yeah. Everything you expect out of life, it's not going to happen. <laughs> and everything you expect out of motherhood, it's going to go completely sideways <laughs> and upside down and backwards. <laughs> Exactly. Well, and you, uh, you were a single mom for a really, and I think that's when we met mm-hmm. a yeah. long time ago. This was probably like over a decade ago. At, at this I think point. Cora was five. Wow. She's yeah. 16. So yeah. That's crazy. Like yeah. let's let, cause I was a single mom for a while as well. Um, how was your single mom journey? You know, it was honestly one of the best times of my life. Hmm. And like, I think, I mean, not that I would trade anything, but when I think back on it, you know, like I had lost several pregnancies and then, 
you know, I didn't have an easy marriage because um, I was married to Cora's biological dad for a short time. Um, and I think that just, you know, I didn't have someone else to grab a bottle or change a diaper. And so you have to, I mean, a lot of people can resent that, but you have to just embrace it. And I embraced it because that's all I wanted to ever be. And it was finally here. I wasn't going to, you know, take that for granted or anything, but I'm not saying it wasn't tough, mm-hmm. but I had a good job. And Cora and I, I think that was like the most fun time just when she was in that exploring stage and like realizing, you know, big words and what real things are. And I just, it was so much fun. And I guess I'm lucky to have had it that way. She was a very easy child. And so I think it would have been completely different if, you know, she was difficult, but she was a very easy child and just loved and embraced life. So it was easier. You know, she taught me to love and embrace life in a new way. So the single mom journey was one of the best times. Oh, yeah. Surprising. I know. Well, I I think, um, I don't know, like everyone, I think there's a a giant misconception about single parents just sort of in general. And they think like, oh, it's It's like an instant judgment. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because you're right. And so, okay. So when I was pregnant with Sophie, um, I didn't like pretty much from the get go, I wasn't sure there was like a 50% chance I'm doing this with a partner or there's a 50% chance I'm doing this as a single mom. I I sort of pretty much knew that kind of not like fully but like as more time went along I was like, "Oh, well, okay. This is this is the reality here." Right. And all yeah. of the, Yeah, all of these pregnancy books that I was reading <clears throat> um like none of them talked about being a single parent. Like that wasn't represented at all. Not so, at all. Not at all. For a for a, a father or for a mother. Right. Exactly. And I'm like, but there are a lot of single parents out there. Yeah. We could totally write a book. I think that we should. Bestseller. (laughs) Maybe. But also, I mean, you know, there's co-parenting too, and they don't tell you how to do that. Of course, there's mandated classes that they make you take, but they don't get to the nitty gritty stuff, you know? And you, that's like the biggest part is you have to just, you know, you're an actress. You have so many different roles that you have to do and you just, not all of them you want to do, but you got to fill your bank account up. So you have to embrace some of those roles. And one of them was being a single mom for me. I had to embrace it because what else was I going to do? Fail my child. But at the same time, you have to be there constant and you stop doing things for yourself the second you become a parent. And it becomes your child first, especially as a single parent, because you have no one else to pick up any slack or make up for it. And you have done such a good job with it because our girls are happy and they're fun and you're showing them the world and you have to. What else do you have? I mean, do you even like remember your old life before you had a child? It really wasn't that fantastic because you didn't have that little special someone to share every little bit with. Right. Yeah, I I think the only thing that I really miss the most is having more time. I think on on a consistent basis, every day I'm like, I wish I just, I just, I wish I had an extra like three or four hours in the day. And at night to sleep. (laughs) 
<laughs> I uninterrupted. Wish- <laughs> <laughs> I wish, yes, I, yeah, I wish I was getting more sleep and I wish that I had more time. But again, like, I feel like I can tend to be a very overly ambitious person. And so that's not everybody's like that. And, right. and I, I think I need to work on that because my therapist and also my boyfriend keep reminding me daily. They're like, Sarah, we we get it. We understand that the bar is set extremely high. However, can we just lower it like two to three? Not how about we try some um, realistic expectations here? Yep. But that's you just embracing life and whatever life's thrown at you and you have to adjust. So, I mean, be glad for those people in your life that are like, hey, reroute. Because it's hard to see when you're a parent, you're just tunnel vision, your child, your child, your child. And, you know, you, you do need some rerouting sometimes from other yeah. people and hold those cl- people close. <clears throat> yeah. Like, do you... Uh sort of perception versus reality like how did you perceive motherhood to be before you were a parent and then what do you think is different about the the actual reality of taking care of a kid day in and day out so I think the perception versus reality when she was little was very uh contradictive like everything I thought you know, like, oh, my child's going to be breastfed and that's what's best and never have a pacifier. It's bad for their teeth. And, you know, all the little things that you think are going to be perfect. And then you have this crying child who, you know, cannot get enough milk and the pacifier soothes them. And you have five seconds to go to the bathroom while you're holding this not crying child now. And it's just like, ha, I trumped you. Everything you thought it was going to be, it's not. But you know, again, you have to embrace that stuff. They make pacifiers for a reason. They make formula for a reason and bottles. And, um, as she, as she got older, I guess it was easier because she was the person who embraced life. And like, I didn't think that I would have a child in acting. I thought that I would have, you know, this pro athlete in the making in the gym all the time playing basketball and here she is you know singing at a college basketball game last week because that's you know her life so it's you have these things in your head but sure I could have made her join basketball or do this or that do that but I want her to figure out who she is and what she likes so exposure is a good thing have them try all the things but whatever they latch on to is whatever they latch on to and you know like sometimes it's not realistic. My dad was my basketball coach. We won state. Like I sat in a gym the other day and looked at my dad and was like, well, you always thought you'd be coming to watch, you know, your kid or your grandkid at a college basketball game. But did you ever think that they would be behind the microphone? And, you know, like your perspective can bring you down or it can build you up. So it's never what you think. And for those people who have everything lined up and it happens exactly as planned, share your secrets. <laughs> but for those of us who have that reality of didn't know this is going to happen, embrace it. You know, you have to. And like, I didn't let Cora play softball because I played softball for a long time. I mean, even in a you know, my adulthood, I've played a lot of softball. She'd come watch my games and I would never let her just because it was my thing. I didn't want it to be her thing. I wanted her to forge her own way, 
But then she kept asking me over and over, you know, can I play softball? Can I play softball? And I finally said yes. And it's her favorite sport. So, you know, I probably should have led her a long time ago, but I just wanted her to make her own path because nothing was realistic. Nothing was anything close to what I thought, except for all the joy. Like it was the best time. It is the best time of our lives. And, you know, it's been amazing. There have been rough patches. It's been hard. I mean, I can't be everywhere at once because she wants to be everywhere at once. But, you know, like uh, reality is her medical problems when she was little, she has none now, but you know, those really hindered us from even like leaving the house for a long time. And I didn't imagine being like a cooped up mom in a tower or something, but you know, we made it work and you just have to, I think our word of the day is embrace it because you can't control it. You can't change it. So make the best of it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're right. I think embrace is, is, is a great word. Cause I know when I was, you know, like performing in a million musicals and traveling around, and that was also a very hard life as in had its own separate set of challenges. But there are many times where you would be asked to do something in a show or whatever, and it would be really hard. And I would have to say the same thing to myself. I'd be like, well, I just have to, I'm struggling right now. And and I can either really try to fight that struggle and try to go against it, or I can just sort of like, you know, take a deep breath and like lean in and, and embrace it. Exactly. Yep. And make, you know, one more tally mark did this too. And in, in the end, it probably made you stronger, better, or taught you that, you know, you can say no. And that is really hard for people like us because we're willing to help. We're willing to go the extra mile, but we also have to remember to put ourselves first before that stuff too. And that is hard when you become a mom because you forget to do that. Right. Um, do you, I know, do you feel comfortable talking about your like recent health struggles? Oh, sure. Yeah. About yeah, like, so yeah. Um, like four years ago, I just woke up different one morning and I had a terrible migraine and it, you know, wouldn't go, I wasn't a migraine sufferer or anything like that. Maybe a few headaches, you know, here or there, like the normal person. But, um, you know, I know people that are migraine sufferers and I was never one of them and it never stopped. And I went to neurologist after neurologist. I mean, I, I went through, like, there's a book that you could read of all the places and things that they tried. And, um, finally, I think after my sixth neurologist in Chicago, so I'm, you know, kind of by Notre Dame. So it's a little bit of a trip there. Um, they figured out what was wrong with me and then sent me to a different neurologist who treats that. And I was basically not treatable. Um, what I had was called non-retractable migraines and cluster migraines, and it literally never stopped for 1,902 days. I counted. Wow. And so, yeah. So, um, my daughter was like the best nurse and doctor ever. Um, there were times where she had to help me shower cause I couldn't see, I couldn't stop throwing up and, you know, I threw up all over her for months and until they figured out what was wrong with me. It made me very, very sick. Um, I ended up having to sell my business. I couldn't work. Um, I couldn't drive. It was pretty humiliating, but it was also debilitating to the point where like she basically became my mom for a little bit there. And um, you know, that's really hard, but at the same time, 
it's like, okay, she's seen me nurture people. She's seen me love people. She's seen me take care of people. And even though I don't talk her through those things, or if it wasn't her thing, like she's still watched by my example. So that was a huge wake up call for me that, you know, I need to be the very best I can be because it doesn't matter how old they are. They're always watching. They're always taking that in and perceiving. And so, um, she was always just right there for me during my, you know, quest to figure out what we can do about this. And it took four years in a trial in California. Um, I had neurosurgery and this guy has the cure. In fact, um, someone else I know went out there last week and she was just like me and now she's fine. So I had that done. And I think three or four weeks later I had kidney stones, which I don't know if you've ever had one, but I would rather have birth like the worst birth possible with no meds than have another kidney stone. So I had two surgeries with kidney stones. And so now finally, after that, I have this new lease on life because I'm pain-free. I have no migraine. I don't have to worry about, you know, making plans if I can actually stick with them because I'm in this pain or in a dark room or going to vomit on someone if I agree to, you know, go to dinner And so that has been its own challenge. And that's where I find like, I, I probably struggled the most with knowing like I wasn't being my best mom because I couldn't be, I wasn't being the best person for my kids because I couldn't be. And I missed out on some stuff because I was sick all the time. So I'm really thankful that I'm better now. And again, with the word embrace, I am embracing every second I can by getting my health back in order and doing all the things that I couldn't do before. I remember Cora coming down and, you know, very quietly asking me if it was okay to play the piano on, you know, certain times, certain days. And she, we ended up with a piano in the barn because I couldn't handle the sounds. And so now she doesn't, you know, the first couple of times she'd be like, is it okay if I play the piano? And I'm like, please play it loud. I can handle it. (laughs) So, you know, that's a part of life too, where you do get down, but afterwards, you know, pick yourself up or in case of me, this doctor, you know, allowed me to have my life back. I am not going to take that for granted either. And so I'm like, pound it out, sister, let's go. Gosh, I'm so sorry that you had to go through all of that. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. It's, yeah, I mean, they always say that you need to take care of yourself before you can take somebody else, but it's not, it's not always possible depending on what what you're going through. And a a lot of the times your children do end up taking care of you. Um, Yeah, I just thought it would be when I was like way older. (laughs) Well, yeah, I don't know. Strangely. Yeah. Strangely enough. I mean, my daughter, she's only three and a half right now, but I feel like she takes care of me all the time. I know. it, And you know, like you lost your mom. And so you're very close with your dad. And I feel like in those cases, especially yours, like Sophie does so much more for your dad, just by being her, just by being present by you having her and for you, like, you know, you, you look at things differently and you break, you embrace them differently because what are you going to do if you don't? you know, and you have to, I mean, obviously you have to take care of yourself, but moms come last. Sometimes we stand when we eat in the kitchen because we have to make sure everything else is done and then we have to clean it up and there's not time to join the table. But, you know, I tried to make a point to have everybody together for at least dinner and with a farming husband, that's harder um, because he's gone sometimes, but it's still a family dinner. It's not, well, so-and-so's not here. So you're all on your own. 
who's going to make the food? You know, <laughs> yeah. who's going to sit everybody down? Who's going to tell them, you know, put your phones down, let's hang out. And, you know, the mom's role, I'm not saying the dad's role or the father's role or the boyfriend's role is any less important, but we have to keep the priorities straight so that we keep everything else straight. And so, you know, like the important things are showing them love. Absolutely. Like never ending, even when it's tough love, but also like remembering what's nitty and gritty to you. Like when it comes down to it, what means the most is that, that they can go and perform or is it that they can love unconditionally and be there to remind you of that when you need it most. And I feel like little girls with moms, especially like, you know, there's no, there's no other bond between a mom and a daughter. And then there's nothing like a single mom and a daughter. There just isn't. And I don't know how to explain that, but there, it just isn't, but you have to get down to like, what's the most important and how are we going to keep that going? And even when, you know, I added two boys, I make sure that my husband takes his boys and goes and does the fishing or takes his boys and goes and does, you know, I don't know, car show or boy stuff, whatever. Boys are totally different than girls. But at the same time, I take them fishing and I like to go to car shows, but, you know, I always have to make sure that they have their dad time too. And so Cora and I go do our shopping and, you know, do whatever. I hate shopping, but she loves it. So we go, (laughs) but you know, like you have to get down to like the things that really matter and not just, oh yeah, I went and saw that. Oh, I visited this place, but how much did your kids enjoy it? And what did they take from it? And what did you do as a family? You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's little things that, you know, really help your life, but also like, you know, with you and, and Sophie, like you lost someone and very important. And so like, you know, not to take advantage of that or take that for granted. So you almost double up on how much you're taking more in because you know what it's like to lose, to lose out on that. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I, I think that motherhood has been the biggest thing in my life so far that has like total transformation which is why that's the title of this podcast is transformation. The untold stories of motherhood. Like who, who, how, who were you before you became a mom? Who are you now after sort of like um, so many different, like different kinds of, you know what I mean? Like it's, you're always mom, but sort of in different ways, like it's changed over the years. And so like, how has the process transformed you? Oh, this will be your favorite part. Who was I before I was a mom? I was a Hooter girl. (laughs) And how have I transformed? I am now in the kitchen making three meals plus from scratch, delivering to, you know, the farmers and the tractors down the street right now because it's harvest, making my own laundry detergent, making my own soap. And I am a personal taxi. That is the best. I get to drive three teenagers all over the place and don't worry about mom's schedule because (laughs) it doesn't matter. But yeah, I was a Hooter girl when I first became, or when, you know, before I became a mom. And when I first became a mom, I stayed home with her and I became Betty Crocker. So, you know, I don't make chicken wings very often though. I mean, I, yeah, I would call that a total transformation. Total transformation. 
from Hooter Girl to Betty Crocker. I love That's it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and you know what? My kids love Hooters. We go there and it's one of their favorite places to go. <laughs> I remember a time where the boys were kind of like, oh, this is embarrassing. And Cora's like, bring me the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I don't know. Everyone seems to say that like, babies and toddlers are really hard and they are and then they also say that teenagers are really hard as well do you like what what do you think all true it's all true okay this is all true I would say you know teenagers are um they don't ask why as much but more like why not Mm -hmm. and toddlers are really sticky and germy and gross but that really doesn't go away (laughs) when they're teenagers what like what do you think that you have just if you could go back and <clears throat> sort of like do like have a do over uh, like what have you completely fucked up? What um does my first husband count? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I would totally have chosen um a my second husband, my current husband as the first one. I totally fucked that up. Uh, Well, he did, but the wrong person. Um, And although, you know, I am grateful I wouldn't have my daughter, um, but, you know, not the right person, um, not who I thought he was. And I mean, she has nothing to do with him. And that's, you know, been her choice. That's been her thing. I think that the biggest thing I fucked up was pushing her to try to have a relationship with him because in the end, I think it did more damage because she kept putting herself out there and kept getting rejected. But also there was some emotional and physical pain involved with that. And, you know, I just was, I felt like my hands were tied because the law says you have to go there for, you know, X amount of hours. And it just ended up being tragic every single time like something terrible and so that's what I fucked up I fucked up pushing her to you know try to get through it or try to do this or try to do that better or see if this works but you know she was 16 years old and said hey if you ever want anything to do with me let's get some help so here she was you know fast forward years later never having anything to do with him and still putting herself out there so you know, I think I would have really liked to redo who my first husband was, but that's not possible. Um, because you can't change someone's biological dad, but you, you can help them realize that it's not them because it wasn't. And you can help them realize like, you know, if you need, like I told her, if you need to talk to someone other than me, you know, just let me know. But a lot of it is just working through it and listening to her and her feelings because they are valid whether I agree with them or not they are valid but I would really like to go back and redo that so that I think there was there would be less hurt because I would just draw a line to be done or you know change the biological dad altogether I'm right there with you (laughs) I know it and the other thing I really fucked up is hey don't let Sophie play on the monkey bars when it's raining (laughs) so you know you can avoid a broken arm. Yeah, this this is all valid advice. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's just, there's so many things I think that would be probably more of a, a question for, you know, her. What did your mom fuck up? <laughs> what did she fuck up today? Um, but, you know, 
I think a few driving lessons where I'm like, what are you doing? We're going to die. I would like to take those back and be like, nah, you're not driving today. I'll just handle it. But you know, you have to, you have to let them learn. And I guess wish you had one of the driver's ed, you know, wheels next to you and definitely like a brake pedal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think when Sophie started to walk and I'd say probably like from one to two, Oh my God. She was just constantly running and jumping and climbing and falling. I mean, like, ever, I feel like, like I was bleeding and yes, you know, I, was, yeah. I was like constantly saying, slow down, be careful. Don't walk out. Like I had so much anxiety. That doesn't end, but they get a little more coordinated <laughs> I, a little bit. I mean, Cora still falls and trips and she's, you know, just always going to be that person, but it's funny now. <laughs> Yeah. I remember her kindergarten teacher was like, does she have like equilibrium problems? Cause she falls out of her chair a lot. And I was like, nah, it's just her. <laughs> she still falls out of her chair a lot. <laughs> what, um, I always end with the joys. Like what, what is your favorite thing about being a mom? Can I only pick one? No, you can pick, you can pick a couple. I think the greatest joy is seeing um, my kids very joyful. And like last night was my husband's birthday. And so all the kids were in the living room, you know, playing Xbox together, which three teenagers, it, it wasn't always like that. At one point it was, I can hear Cora breathing. Can you make it stop? You know, and, but like last night they were all, I, I had to rearrange the living room and, and move things out of the way because it was our wrestling arena for the kids. They were all wrestling. And apparently there's a thing called foot wrestling and whatever, but they were all wrestling and I'm like, okay, y'all are going to break stuff. Let me just like move things. And I don't know how many things got broken, but I think the greatest joy is watching their own transformation from, you know, I can hear you breathing to, let's break stuff and make mom mad and wrestle but you know finding their own way like okay so musical theater wise you know you are around such a diverse uh group of people and that that diversity changes with each group that you are with so each show you know it's been really cool to see Cora I think a lot of people have had influence on her Mm -hmm. um with being in shows because you know sometimes you're like I don't really know if I want to go there today but then you know you have to find the joy in why you want to go and there's been a lot of different people in her life that I think have helped her develop who she is what she doesn't want to do and what she does who she's not going to be and it's been really cool to watch even like my stepson you know, going through different sports and trying to figure out what they want to do and what they're really into. I think the whole transformation process has been the biggest joy for me because I'm lucky enough to have been in their life since they were really little. And then to see who they've become and like kind of help that. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm sure I am a stepmom. I'm sure there's days where none of us wanted to be around each other because, you know, we have rules and boys don't really like rules, but um, I think the biggest thing is watching their transformation into, you know, their beauty. And I know definitely with Cora, like it's kind of an ongoing transition and she's always been such a joy, but you know, we have that connection, um, like no other. Mm -hmm. And so it's, 
it's amazing to see like the people that they're turning into and their hearts and what they love and giving some of that back to other people because my kids have brought a lot of joy to people and it's cool to sit back and kind of watch that. And I do have to remind myself of that when they're, you know, wrestling in the living room, breaking my lamps, that they do bring joy to people. Just cost me some money because they really entertained us all, you know, wrestling. And, but it's, it's a never ending thing where you're, you know, it's a battle, like quit now, or you're going to break everything or, or how can I minimize the damage? So y'all can have fun. I mean, that's, that's kind of parenting, minimizing the damage. So everybody wins, but I've always had the mentality that, you know, like your kids need to learn how to fly. You're trying to teach them how to fly and they need to fly. And you might not like it, but always be there for when they fall. Always catch them when they fall. And I think that's the biggest thing I have to tell myself. Because there are boys. And I don't like that there are boys. But I have to let my child flutter her little wings and then, you know, be there if she needs me to threaten anybody. I mean, to catch her. But also, (laughs) you know, my boys... There's been a few girls and luckily they've been fantastic. And um, yeah, it's just different to watch that transformation too, but you have to kind of let them figure it out on their own. There was one boy I did not like, and I kept my mouth shut because I was 16 once. And if my parents told me, you know, he's a douchebag, I'd have been like, okay, watch this. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. I just shut my mouth and let my child figure out that he's a douchebag. So <laughs> That was, I think, more gratifying than me saying anything. Leslie, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. This has been so wonderful. It's, it's, and it's so great to, you know, having you watch the struggle close up and then also from afar. It's so great to to see you in in a really, really great place. Well, thank you. It's wonderful to see you always. And I'm always here for you. And, uh, you know, shout out to single moms doing the grind. Keep it up because your child, your children need it. And uh, Sarah, you're doing a great job. And I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, it's it has really been hundreds of other people saying those exact same words that you just that have really kept me going um because for the longest time I just felt like I was failing and it was um family members and and friends and her pediatrician and the dentist and you're doing a great job mom doing a great job you are and that's part of being a mom is am I doing enough am I doing a good job And, you know, take those wins because you are doing a great job. You have a very happy child and, you know, you're happy. We all have those days. So just remember, I'm proud of you and there's other people proud of you and she's looking at you. So you got to get through them. Exactly. Keep doing your thing. Thank you. And I think, you know, if you're, whoever you are out there, if you're struggling right now, maybe you're going through something, um, just know that you're not alone and that, uh, whatever it is, sometimes you just have to embrace it. If, 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 if you can't change it, embrace it. Yep. You're allowed to feel that way. You're allowed to go through it. Just allow yourself the embrace because you'll come out the other side if you do on a better side. Mm-hmm.